Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. That time of the week, time for the Weekly Wodge, a fast-paced, energetic look at the world of sport, in particular rugby league. That's our focus this week again. Some footy chats, some loose stuff as well, plenty of loose stuff actually. We'll wind back the clock and look at games from years past at times. We'll also look to the future as well. Different segments, different interviews, different stories and different superstars all in the one place. This week, we'll chat with Wade Graham, Pat Richards, Neil Henry, Nico Hines, Matt Scott and Tanner Boyd. Hey, a big shout out to those that have left Apple ratings and reviews in the past week. That purple icon is podcast gold for us. It helps us in the search engines to spread the word. So if you're one of the well-hung legends that's left a review, Thank you. We're giving an unfiltered trucker's hat away every week for the best review. This week's winner, announced later. A big shout out to our sponsors, Griffin Air Conditioning and Galaxy Finance, the best in the business, these two mobs. Their link is on our website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. We'd love for you to support those that support us. That's how this whole thing works, right? Anyway, into the wodge we go. This is the Weekly Watch on Andy Raymond Unfiltered, and it's feature interview time. After a crazy year, training has started, albeit a little later than normal, but the clubs are about to go on their Christmas break. Some players indulge on the Christmas Day feast, maybe a few coldies as well, and the weight piles on. Cronulla captain Wade Graham is our feature interview this week, mate. Do you put on the kilos easy or are you one of those blokes that I can't stand where you can eat and drink whatever you want and not bother the scales? No, I am pretty lucky. Uh, I do lose weight, but it's not it's not good in a sense because I lose the muscle because I stopped training and stopped going to the gym. I'm one of those guys that gets real skinny, but a skinny fat. Okay. So I do, it's not great. I still do lose the weight, but fortunately for me, it's easier to get back. Once you get back in there... Um, back in the gym for a couple of weeks, back on the training field and running and your body starts to recondition. Um, it is, it tends to harden back up a lot quicker than it is safe for another bloke who needs to actually shed the shed the excess weight. Mate, you've just got back from a, a wonderful trip out to Uluru. You've got a two-year-old and a seven-month-old, I think. Awesome time of year for the kids. What have you got planned for Christmas? Well, because of that trip, we're just going to have a quiet one. Um you know, we have my mum and dad and my sisters around on Christmas Day and then my, uh, my sisters leave on Boxing Day. They're going away with their families. So mum and dad will stay for a couple of days and then we'll just stay around the area. My, uh, my fiancé is French-Canadian. Yep. So normally we split the two breaks. Um, 
We go one for one with Christmas, one in Australia, one in Canada, one in Australia, one in Canada. And then the off-season, as soon as the season's finished, is vice versa, right? Yep. We stay away around Australia or, or we, we go straight to Canada. Now, this year, because of COVID and um, the international travel, that's obviously been scrapped. That's on the scrap heap, so we can't travel over, over to see her family. Um, so because we had the big big trip after the season, we're just going to hang around the house, mate, and, and kick the feet up and just relax relax locally. Mate, I hope Santa's good with you. As you said, it's been a, a different year, a weird year for a lot of people. On the park, Cronulla just couldn't quite get it going for a run of wins to have a real crack. Yeah, it's probably the trademark of our last two seasons, to be honest. Um, juggling different things at different, uh, you know, throughout the seasons, like injuries being the main one, uh, losing a lot, a heap of experience and blooding some younger guys in. The sort of the tale of, you know, definitely 2020 and even 2019. Uh, we get to a point where, you know, we would stack up wins and give ourselves an opportunity to really start to push up into that top four and, um, you know, but then every time we would build that momentum, we just let ourselves down in an area or a game and we'd have to sort of start the whole process again. Uh, and and they're hard lessons to take, uh, especially seeing as, it, you know, we're not, this, we're not the side we were, you know, a few years ago. Well, if you look three years ago, we still had the Paul Gallons, the Luke Lewis's, Chris Hyntons, um, you know, all this experience. So, you know, we're in that transitional phase where we, we need to rebuild around the kids and it takes time to get that experience. Um, you've been around the game long, like a long time, you know, you know the old adage, you're not really a first grader until you've played 50 games and it's not so much, um, it's not, not so much turning up and physically playing, you know, just that one game on the weekend. It's just the consistency you get for your training week, the consistency in the game and to, to be the best team in the NRL and to compete at that high level, that's, it's the consistency is the key. You need to play at that high level all the time. If you're not consistent throughout the year, your game doesn't hold up in the finals. That's why you hardly ever see any teams, you know, come from the bottom eight yeah. because they haven't, you know, they haven't been tested at that high level throughout all. Oh, they haven't they haven't showed when put under pressure that they can come out on top at a high level consistently throughout the year. So I think, but in saying all that, you know, all our young guys are, are one year more experienced, two years more experienced. They're coming into that into that stage where they're not just happy to be a first grader now and happy to be in the team on the weekend. They want to actually really show what they got. And I think it's an exciting time uh, to be a, to be a Cronulla Shark. I'm certainly excited for the upcoming season and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. 100% there's going to be a, a huge group of young Sharks that are going to be better for the experience next season. Is there one player in particular you're excited about at the club and, and watching them progress in 2021? Well, it's hard to single out um, – anyway, we, we do have a lot of great young guys there. One guy I really think who will kick on in the next year, uh, not just next year, in the, in the season's upcoming, especially with the rule changes, is Blake Braley. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was he was phenomenal as a junior, um, you know, coming through his grades. Um, and, and he's a great defender, don't get me wrong, but the strength of his game is his attack. Yeah. He's very classy. He's very savvy out of the night, out of the hooking position. Um, and he, he's really one of those number nines that can control the whole team. But his transition is probably a little bit harder than, um, you know, coming in the first grade than, say, an outside back or, or a young half because he's defending in the middle. He's only a, he's only a smaller stature. He gets his body in front and defends well, but it takes – it takes its toll on you, um, you know, physically and mentally. Week after week, you have all these 
you know, 100 plus middles mm. who are targeting you. And then let's not beat around the bush. They're targeting you in the yeah. middle. It's just part of the game plan. Like they're getting at you. So it will take a, lo- a little bit longer for his development. But he's one of the guys who's two years better f- for the experience now. He's getting up to 30, 40 games. Um, he's physically starting to mature a bit more. And, mm. and not, not that means getting bigger, it just means handling the bumps yep. better, handling the week to week duress better. So, and I really think with the rule changes, uh, once he, you know, has that confidence out of hooker, he'll over the next couple of years. I think he'll join that elite number nine category. Got to admit, I got a bit of a man crush on Sifatalakai. Uh, he debuted actually a few years ago. He's he's only twenty three. Played seventeen games this year, but the improvement in his seventeen games was massive. Love what I'm seeing there. Yeah, he's dynamite. Sif, he was a real fine for us. Um, so yeah, as you said, he, he debuted as a young guy at South, um, you know, and for whatever reason, it, it didn't quite work out there. Um, he, he he left the club and he learned, I think, a, a couple of hard lessons. Um, he, he spent some time away from the game, which you know, for personally, he would have had so much personal growth from that time yeah. away from the game. So when he came, and I think he actually stopped playing altogether at, mm. at, at, at one stage, and then he got the opportunity to sign uh, for Newtown which is our New South Wales Cup team, our feeder team. And it was only at a part, uh, on a part-time basis. Um, so he was training the two or three nights a week and he was playing on the uh, playing on the weekend. And then he was playing with our guys who who wouldn't make the first grade side so and be sent back to reserve grade, right? Who were full-time trainers. And Sif was brain in New, Newtown. He was one of the best players. And they go on to win um, the New South Wales Cup and the national competition. Yep. What was it? End of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then the club gave him a train and trial. And it's one of those things you can always sort of tell who's in for a big year or about who's setting themselves up for an opportunity to have a big year because the way their preseason was. And Siffer, mate, he was outstanding. He was there, you know, one of the first guys there, one of the last guys to leave, just really ticking all the boxes. And he just, yeah, he's on a train and trial, gave himself every opportunity. And then when the opportunity was there, he took it and. You know, probably by the end of the year, he was our best player. He was our best forward, um, our most dynamic player. Um, and, and he was a big reason why we did have success in some parts of the season this year. For you, 248 games, a big occasion in round two, mate. What does the milestone mean to you? Yeah, I suppose uh, you know, certainly a moment to be proud of. Yeah. It only feels like yesterday sometimes that I first started playing. Yeah. So it's really... Um, I wouldn't say a blur, but it's just it's just a, it's a hell of a ride, right? Yeah. And then you see, I get, get to this stage now, we're talking about 2021, and I'm looking back at 2020, still disappointed about, you know, opportunities that we had throughout the year to be better, you know, the way we started the year. Yep. Um, so it all sort of merges into one, and it's not until you sort of break it down and like, you sit back and go, oh, geez, that's that's crept up pretty fast. So, yeah, but it'll be a, it'll be a good occasion. Um, I'm, I'm really happy... Uh, hopefully touch wood that we're out of the bubbles last year I had a couple of milestones like club milestones you know and now at my age with the family that the milestones have always been about the family but it's even more special now yeah. that I have my own boys and you know get to have them a part of it so yeah it'll be it'll be cool to to reach that milestone hopefully there's still a bit more in the tank for me in the future and uh, I think you're always here it'll be one of those things if I do achieve it, uh, you know, once I've finished up, I'll be able to always look back and know that I, you know, it's something I achieved. So it'll be, it'll be a proud moment. Oh, mate, you got plenty left in the tank. Don't worry about that. Just having a quick look at the draw. The opening couple of weeks, you got a local derby against the Dragons. 
Then last year's finalists, Raiders and Eels. Solid first couple of weeks, buddy. Yeah, I think uh, the the Dragons game will be good because yes. we're playing in their strata. So this is our second year at their strata, hopefully, before we go back to um, Queens Bedshaft Park. So, you know, it, it's a cracker to start off with, especially, you know, of course, for the players. It's it's a big occasion. Round one's always a big, big occasion. Mm. You have the whole preseason. Um, everyone's feeling good, fit, ready to go. You want to start your season off well. You know, us against our, um, our our club rivals. You know, it's a great way to kick off the season. Mm. But more importantly, for our members and our fans for both clubs, they've been waiting. It's twelve months down yeah. the track, so I'm sure when the draw came out, they all just sat there and looked at it and just went, "Right, uh, brag and rights are on." Yeah, so you, you it's, a good, it's a good way to yeah, it's a good way to kick the year off. Well, you've done it easy here, and I expected nothing less. Way Graham, thanks for <laughs> dropping in, legend. Look forward to chatting soon. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Want to be part of the team? We have both corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. Check out the website at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au or send an email to Terry, that's with an I, at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. We hope you're enjoying the Legends series. The feedback has been awesome on next week's edition. Former Raiders, Cowboys and Titans coach and the man behind Queensland's win in the 2020 Origin Series, Neil Henry is featured and he admits coaching for him is addictive. I think it is. For me, it it, it was. you. Um, it's all-consuming. And it's a roller coaster because even the most successful teams, you know, are at about sixty six percent. So every three yeah. every three weeks you're gonna lose a game. Yeah. So um you don't get on big runs too often. I mean the run that Penrith had this year was unbelievable. Uh they were up, but they didn't get the ultimate prize in the end. So um and so you win one week and you you're right and you and you're happy and you lose the next week and you're kicking stones. And then you're looking to make changes or you're trying to work out where it can be better, and that that's that's the nature of the beast, and it comes around pretty quickly. You know, twenty four rounds, and yeah. and you're playing those games, so it is a roller coaster, and it is addictive because you don't have much time between reviewing what you've done, previewing the opposition, and then getting into there, making your selections, looking at your injuries, and then moving forward. Um, with and that's why you need you need good people around you, and um, I think that's the key. To, to coaching is that you've got good lieutenants, you've got good assistant coaches, a good strength and conditioning, good medical team, good physio team. So you can let them do their job and yeah. and you and they need to be able to do that because you can't micromanage. The 66% you just mentioned, any head coach would be delighted with 66% winning ratio. It isn't a huge number in real terms and that's – where the pressure starts, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And look, you, you lose a few games at the start of the year and you're none from three, all this talk already. I mean, um, in, in reality, you need to win about 50% of your games to be pushing the eight. Yeah. You know? um, and and every year there's eight teams that make it and eight don't. So the pressure's on those eight that don't make it. Mm. Um, so, But the reality is only 50% of the, of the competition can make the final. So, and really... Top four is where you have to be. You know, that's um, to be his- safe. yeah. His- well, history's sort of shown that um, you know to be a serious contender to win that you need to be in that top four. And even for a long time, I mean, you had to be in the top. You know, one of the top two 
defensive teams in the competition was the winner of the Premiership for yeah. something like 15 years. So you really have to be at that level. And um, to make the eight is one thing, but to make the four consistently is a, is a good achievement. Neil spent time in North Queensland where he appointed Matt Scott as co-captain of the club with Jonathan Thurston. Let's go back to episode six of the Legends series when we caught up with the former international front rower. Your revolution continued just a couple of months later. Um you were named as co-captain for the North Queensland Cowboys for a North Queensland boy. Uh, Jonathan Thurston, who back then was still naughty little Johnny, uh, was your co-captain. Two very different people, two very different players, two different personalities. What what did that mean to you? Yeah, look, it was was such an honour. Huge amount of pride. Also, uh, it was tough, you know. John had had his... Troubles, obviously, yep. but still Jonathan Thurston already exactly at that right. stage. Um, so it was a bit awkward to start with um, on my behalf. I, mm. I can't speak for him, um, but it, it worked. Yeah, um, didn't it? Like you, you said, I think it's the, the different personalities. Um, we, we're yeah, completely opposite in, in a lot of regards, but um, it seemed to be what uh, the Cowboys needed at the time, and we worked well together. How did extra responsibility sit with you as a co-captain? Would you consider yourself at this time in your life as a, a natural leader? Oh, I don't think so. Um, at the same time, I didn't... I tried not to change too much. Yep. Um, Graham Murray sort of introduced me into the leadership group quite early. Yeah. And um, Neil, after that, um, uh, probably because I was a bit of a serious sort of yeah. uh, player at times uh, well certainly when I was training or playing yep. um, so I'd, I'd had a little bit of a taste of that sort of leadership and, and, and learnt off a few guys that were uh, I thought were really good at it yep. um, so I tried not to change what I did too much um, it, it, it did add a bit more pressure but I, I'd always put pressure on myself to perform on the field anyway so really I just had to keep doing that Are halfbacks truly the cheeky little bastards they're made out to be? The greatest sledges in the great game. Well, we're about to find out because we've got Tanner Boyd from the Gold Coast Titans in front of the microphone and we have given him the perfect opportunity to absolutely give it to his teammates, but all in the name of fun. This is word association, Tanner. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I say, who argues when it's his shout at the bar? Who could I say? I reckon Tyrone Peachy is pretty good for that. Um, he, he's he's always telling someone else to shout for him, um, and he, he's the he's the big jokester at the club. To be honest, he loves mucking around and he doesn't take things too seriously. Um, yeah, he's probably the main one. <laughs> Who's most likely to give you a prank call at two a.m. Absolutely dribbling. Oh, there's a few. Oh, last year was dry, eh? He was he was good in our group chat last year. He, is. he can dribble, um, especially <laughs> on a night. Um, he's lots of fun. So yeah, definitely Jaira. Who never returns text messages and is impossible to get a hold of? No, nah, there's there's not too many to be honest. Everyone's pretty good. Um, I must admit the when when there's things in the group chat or we're trying to chase something, um, they always reply. So um, the boys are yeah, we're a pretty tight knit group and everyone tries to help each other, which is good. Who loves the cameras, especially when their gears, when their shirts off, their gears off over summer. 
I, I would like to say Sam Lasoni, he loves, even though he hasn't got a good rig, he loves the camera. He's, he's funny. He, he's a big joke at the club. So um, I love Big Sammy. He's, he's, a, he's a lot of fun and um, yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty, pretty impressive with his rig. Okay. Who has got the all-time best rig at the Titans? Uh, Jamal Fogarty's got a pretty good rig. Is I must that admit. Right? Little halfback. Yeah, so um yeah, he's pretty he's pretty ripped up and he, he he eats pretty clean and um he does everything right. What about the most annoying and why? Brian Kelly and Tyron Peachy are pretty annoying. Um they're they're the two most annoying and um they're always just chirping and um mucking around and always just yeah, oh even before games, they're just still the same the whole time. So um, you need them in the team, that's for sure. You're going to have a few more years of Brian Kelly. Uh, he's just signed on for a, a couple more with the club. It's a good signing, isn't it? Because he's a, he's a beauty. Yeah, he's a, he's a great player, Brian. Um, last year he had a pretty standout year, I thought. Yep. I thought um, he could have he been in that origin squad for sure. I thought he would have got a little, little call up or – or something like that. He's he's just so so strong, naturally strong and um, skillful, and he's pretty hard to tackle. I, I, going against him at training, he's he's hard to tackle, and um, yeah, he's he's just going to keep getting better. He, he's um, last year under Jim Dimmick, he, he learned so much in his defence, and um, he was so solid this year for us. And he's he's just going to be good. Okay, keep going. we're just got to finish with this one. Out of the entire group of young, strong, confident athletes, who's got the worst dance moves? The worst. I'm pretty bad. I must. I'm bad, but <laughs> I, yeah, I don't have much moves. Um, I'm pretty stiff. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen much of the boys dance. To be honest. actually, Sam Stone. Sam Stone's. Bad dancer. I've seen him dance. He's pretty poor. So I'd say Big Semi. Want to know what's coming up on the podcast? Well, stalk us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Andy Raymond. Share the love and share the posts. Kyle Felt has got it mastered. The awkward kickoff, but the innovator was former Eel and Tiger Pat Richards, who joins us on the Weekly Wodge. How did it start, mate? Was it fun at training? Yeah, it was a bit of fun at training, mate. Um, I remember Andrew John sort of sort of was playing around with a few kickoffs um, and just wobbling the ball. It wasn't until 2005 when our kicking coach at the Tigers, Graham Arnold, um, was there that we played around with a few techniques on the ball. Um, the orig- original way was to do a short kickoff, he put the ball flat, okay? So not not your standard way, just yep. really flat. And he'd kick the ball and the ball would just spin backwards and it would go as a bit of a spiral. So that's how it sort of started as a short kickoff. Um, and obviously I've got really long legs and long levers, so I could, yeah. I could generate a bit of height there. So once I mastered the technique of you getting that spiral right, I just uh, hit it as hard as hard as I could and high as I could and and the ball would, would still spiral and just go out of control. So I, I loved uh, that part of it. And, yeah, Graham Arnold was a big part of that. How many different versions of the kick did you have? There was the, you know, the long, deep, high spiral. Did you have scrambling kicks or was it just the, you know, the spinning torpedo? Yeah, a little bit of both. Sometimes you'd hit it and it'd uh, just be like a floater. So the ball would just yep. move in the air. Um, 
I suppose the beauty of it is if you don't hit it quite right, it turns into another kick. So yes, as yeah. long as you as long as you hit it hard and high and get plenty of hang time. Um and also you throw the elements in there, the wind and the rain, it's a it's quite a big weapon. And I know every time after a game that the, the catchers would come up to me and say, Mate, don't you do that again? Yeah. Kick it to the other side and I'd uh I just realised that it was a it was a good kick, and also I g my chases up as well, like um, Tedesco and Marty Tapao and those sorts of guys, and, yep. and they they Marty Tapao would just scream down there and just try to kill someone. It was <laughs> it was unbelievable. So they, they're dealing with trying to catch a floating kick and also getting smashed as soon as they grab it. So yeah, it's uh, it's a good kick off, and Kyle felt like you said he's doing really well with it. Do you keep an eye on Kyle and how he does it and what he's doing? Yeah, I do. I do watch it, um, and also. He brought it out in the Golden Point in that grand final. A lot, yeah. lot of people don't realise, and they, they everyone know the story is Ben Hunt, but no one says Kyle Felt put him under that much pressure with that kick because who wants to catch that in Golden Point? As soon as he hit it, I went, mate, that is a ripper. Yeah. And poor old Ben Hunt keeps copping it to this day, but mate, Kyle Felt put that up there, Golden Point, 80,000, and they get the ball back and Thurston kicks it to win the game. So it's an unbelievable tool, and he hit it when, he, when it mattered. Okay, in case we've got kids or coaches or, or dads or mums listening and and uh, they'd like, you know, the offspring to have a crack at, at something different, what tips could you offer taking us through what you did or what they should be concentrating on? I suppose if you want to try anything, it's it's more, it's, it's all about hard work and how much time you, you're willing to put yep. into it. So practice, 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 um, and then you'll actually start to get a feel of that that certain kick. Yep. Um, so it's all about that, really. Just go out there and play around with it. Um, whether you're goal kicking, just get your routine right. Um, whatever you're doing, just get a nice routine and practice and and work hard and get someone there to give you a few pointers there along the way. Paddy Richards, one of the good guys, one of the legends. Thanks for dropping in, mate. Nico Hines excelled in 2020 after making his debut in the NRL in 2019. He found his rhythm last season. However, I'm still not sure which his best position is. I watched him play 5'8 for the Manly 20s. He killed it at fullback for the Sunny Coast Falcons and a little bit of everywhere so far for the Storm. Nico's here, mate. What's your favourite position and why? Um, it's a million dollar question at the moment. I've been getting asked this a fair bit. Um, in the Storm system, I think I like playing fullback because you've got too many great players around you and it makes yep. you look good, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just that 5'8", you can get your hands on the ball a, a touch earlier, um, control the game a bit more and yep. um, it can be in my hands and I can, can dictate a, a fair bit. But, you know, and, and in fullback, you can get to, to play everywhere and pop up anywhere and uh, play both sides of the field, take more runs probably and... Um, so it, it's either fullback or five eighth, depending what uh, team I'm in. But at the moment, I'm leading towards fullback. But if I was going to go to another team and they wanted me to play five eight, or if Storm wanted to play five eight, then I'd be happy to do that too. Okay, let's look at it logically. Fullback and five eighth. Sure, there's a few differences in the positions. Gee, there's actually a lot of areas that fullback and five eighth are similar in the modern game in attack. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. 100%. Sometimes the fullback's getting the ball at second receiver because the other half's holding the short side. Um, so, you know, they're, they're very similar. They're taking a lot of runs. You know, I'll, I, if I'm playing 5'8", I'm classing myself as a running 5'8", and yep. you, you run a lot at fullback anyway. So, 
Um, you've got to be good at um, getting out the back and doing a three on two, even if you're at five eight as well. So, um, and the ball playing is very similar as well. So that's that's why I'm pretty torn between them both at the moment. So if, if it's I've got a six or a one on my jer- on my jersey, I don't really mind. You've grown and you keep growing too. Uh, six foot two or thereabouts, ninety two kilos. Has back row as an option as your career progresses ever been mentioned? Um, when I was a bit younger at Manly, it kind of um, was mentioned a bit. But ever since I mean in the storm, it never has. And um, I'm only I'm only ninety kilos, by the way. Oh, <laughs> you are gave you? Me a couple of kilos there. <laughs> but, I've, I've um, probably no, stolen I... those two kilos over the summer. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um, no. Nah, it hasn't really at the storm. They've always seen me as a as an outside back um, half. So I just like I don't think I could play a position where I'm not kind of dictating or not having the ball in my hands and creating space for people because I feel like I'm, a, I'm someone who likes to create opportunities yep. for other people more than myself. So um, yeah, I just don't think I could sit out there and just wait for the ball. I'd rather go and and get it and and uh, create opportunities for other people. Mate, I spoke to Ryan Hoffman when you were regular with the Sunny Coast Falcons at fullback, so it was probably 2018. It was certainly before your debut, and he loved the thought of you at lock in the Storm system. Has he ever mentioned that to you? No, he's never actually uh, said that to me. And um, You know, lock's somewhere that, you know, it could open up because you can play do a bit of ball playing in the middle. Yeah. Um, and and t- tow the big boys under the ball, and, and then if the halves need it, you get it out to them. But um, I'll be open to that, I guess, because you get your hands on the ball more than second row. But um, no, he's never mentioned that, and no one's ever mentioned to me at the moment. But it could open up next year if I'm going to be playing on that bench utility role again. Mate, it was really interesting when I had this conversation with Hoffy because uh, you were playing fullback. And that seemed like your position. And and he told me, Locke, and I said, are you serious? He said, have you seen the size of the kid? So <laughs> it may well end up, that's what happens to the bigger backs as they get older, they, they head in yeah. to the middle of the field. Nico Hines, always a pleasure. Best of luck in 2021, legend, and thanks for stopping in. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, Please go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. If you don't, I'll send my mother-in-law to your place for the weekend. And trust me, you don't want that. Yeah, you do not want that. But it's that easy to win a hat. Just leave a rating and review, right? Whatever you want to get our attention. Tell us what your first car was, the team you hate the most, or your favourite fruit. Doesn't matter, be random, get our attention. This week's winner is... Where's the fucking drum roll? That's better. Is JDUD89, who gave us a great rap and finished his review questioning how they get the butter into buttered chicken. Love that shit. I had a week. Leave a review. Next week, it could be you. I'm out of here. Back to the real world we go, legends. Never leave half a beer. Always go the Red Dog. And don't forget to back Pikey in the last.